Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Exploring Faith, the podcast series from the Salvation Army in Morley. If you want to hear more from us, our services are live-streamed on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday morning at 10.15. We'll also be live on Christmas Day at the same time. We've also put together a playlist of Christmas music to suit all tastes, which is available now on Spotify. Just search Morley Salvation Army. time, the natural world experiences a period of waiting. The leaves have fallen, the flowers are gone, things look grey and bare. We know that there are seeds planted in the ground, hidden and dormant. But you might look out at your garden or at the flower beds in the park and wonder whether the colour and life of spring will ever return. Or think about long car journeys to see relatives around Christmas time. What is the song that echoes from the children in the back seat? Are we nearly there yet? Their minds are fixed on the destination, so they wish the journey away. I wonder, I wonder if you've ever waited a long time for something. A parcel, a job, some news or something else. And at the end of your waiting, when the thing finally came, it turned out to be very different from what you expected. Maybe you were surprised, even disappointed, that it didn't seem to live up to all that you had hoped. Beyond waiting for spring, or for our destination, or waiting for parcels or jobs, Some of us have waited on God. Maybe we've wanted him to act, to answer a prayer or to fulfil our dream. Perhaps you have experienced disappointment with God if things haven't come or haven't lived up to your expectations. It is important that rather than ignoring our struggles, we bring them to God. God can handle us being honest with him and about how we feel. John the Baptist is often someone we think about around Advent because he proclaimed the coming of Jesus. John would have been well aware of the promise from Isaiah about the coming Messiah. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, Be strong. Do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. John has known that God has a plan in motion. John had a role. He understood it clearly. His role was to prepare the world for the plan. He was to preach and baptise and prepare the world for someone who is coming. Someone who will bring about the reign of God. 
Someone who will transform the world to be what God intends the world to be. So John worked hard. No one worked harder. No doubt his preaching and baptising were maintained at an almost frenzy pace. Then suddenly, John is arrested. He is sitting in prison, unable to continue the very ministry for which he generally believed he was created. He's lost. He's alone. He's confused and he's frustrated. He looked for the the big unmistakable sign that the coming good guy would bring. But he hasn't seen one. Instead, he sees Jesus. Jesus is teaching and preaching, but the world is not transforming in the way that John had expected. So he asks the question. Now we can be sure that John asked the question in prayer of God multiple times from prison. But we also have it written down in the Gospel of Matthew that he had his disciples ask Jesus, Really? Is this really the plan? Is this it? Are you the one? Really? Okay, not exactly in those words. But that was the question. Are you the one I've been looking for? Is this it? Put yourself in John the Baptist's shoes for a moment. You've proclaimed the coming kingdom of judgment and fire. You've criticised the powers that be and called them to repentance and radical life change. You've seen Jesus baptised, sent out by the Spirit. And your hopes are well and truly set on him, being the fulfilment of hundreds of years of waiting. But then suddenly, you're thrown in jail. And Jesus, although brilliant, isn't quite doing all the things you expected him to. The Romans are still in power. Corrupt priests and teachers are still in charge of the temple. The vengeance promised by Israel is not yet in evidence. Where's the judgment and fire you said was coming? Matthew's gospel reports this. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent him as their Lord. So Jesus responds to John. Go back and report what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. John seems confused, even disappointed. This isn't quite the glorious future he had imagined. Perhaps we can empathise with him in the areas where we felt disappointed or discouraged. We we should follow John's example of being honest with God about our disappointments, asking questions, handing them over to Jesus. We see in this passage that Jesus is big enough to deal with our sadness and confusion. To understand what is going on with John, we can think back to the themes we've already explored in the past weeks. 
One is that Jesus is a different kind of king to the one everyone expected. His kingdom is not about power and might, but love and self-sacrifice. His victory doesn't come with swords and chariots. Instead, it lifts up the poor and sick and vulnerable. He doesn't force or pressure people to follow him. Instead, he reveals the heart of God to them and invites them to freely choose him as their Lord. So Jesus responds to John. Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. These are all fulfilments of Isaiah's prophecy. They are beautiful, remarkable acts of kindness and justice. They are not, however, the judgment and victory over the enemies that Israel had hoped for. Jesus says, Look closely and see what is happening in the lives of people. I am at work on a very intimate level. Someone who was blind can now see. Someone else who was lame can now walk. Yet another person who was deaf can now hear. Someone who's had the good news brought to them and now feels hope. This is not the goal that John had pictured. And he begins to doubt if Jesus is the Messiah after all. John has his mind so fixed on his idea of the destination that he's missing the journey. He imagined a future of judgment and justice which had not yet arrived. And he is allowing this to distract him from the signs of the kingdom of God which Jesus is already displaying. Like John, we need to allow God to meet us in our waiting, to see how he is bringing his kingdom around us, even though we've not yet reached our final destination. The second reason why John was disappointed is that he failed to see this two-stage process of God, what God was doing in Jesus. We spoke during the last two weeks about the now and not yet of God's coming kingdom. The promises of the Old Testament appear to say that in one decisive moment, God would establish his kingdom, judge wrongdoing and put everything right. However, in practice, it seems this plan has been split into two stages. Stage one. Jesus, the Messiah, is born to the world. He kicks off the kingdom of God on earth, bringing healing and truth and love. He dies to restore all of creation to God and he rises again, the victorious king of the world. His resurrection body is like the first shoots of new life and growth coming out of the barren winter soil. A promise and a model of the new life which is, will come for all of creation. Stage two. God will complete the work he began in Jesus. The judgment and sin and injustice. The cleansing of heaven and earth. The putting right of all things. These promises have not yet been realised in their fullness. 
The New Testament writers made it clear that we live in between stage one and stage two and that we are to wait with patience and hope for stage two to arrive. James uses an image of seeds planted in the ground to help us with this. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. God has shown us the seeds of his kingdom. We've seen glimpses of the new life that came with Jesus and hope for the restoration of all of God's creation. But right now, most of our seeds are still in the ground. And we won't see the fullness of the crop until Jesus returns. So God calls us to be faithful farmers, imitating Jesus wherever we find ourselves, using our gifts, caring for the sick, reaching out to the lonely, tending God's planet, proclaiming the good news. And trusting in that glorious day when the fullness of the harvest will come and our disappointments will be no more. When life is dark, when we are lost, when we turn to God and ask, really? In those moments, be alert, be aware. Look around. You are not alone. God is there in your life, planting seeds which one day we will see flourish when Jesus returns. God calls us. God calls us to be faithful farmers, imitating Jesus wherever we find ourselves, using our gifts caring for the sick, reaching out to the lonely, tending God's planet, proclaiming the good news and trusting, trusting in that glorious day when the fullness of the harvest will come and our disappointments will be no more. Will you, will you be a faithful farmer imitating Jesus today? And every day. As we reflect upon God's word this morning, I want you to spend some moments thinking about your journey with Jesus. Commit to taking this time to be with God.